conversations. All right. Hey, Melissa. Hi, Joy. <laughs> yes, listeners, you heard her correct. Yes, yes, yes. She called me Joy. Um, I don't know how many Bible thumpers are out there. I'm a spiritual person. But for those who have read a few pages in the Bible, God changed names based on their new identity, their new mission. And honey, I am stepping both feet in this season, fearless, courageous, and bold, and embracing my purpose as Joe the Joy Tutor. But I have so many people calling me Joy. So in this season, Joy it is, all right? Joy, Joe, Joe the Joy Tutor. My government name, y'all, is Joanna Williams, but we're going to rock and roll with joy. So anyway, with that being said, thank you, my love and my queen for joining our audience. We're, it is a pleasure to have you and please introduce yourself. It is a pleasure to be on this table with you, Joy. My name is Melissa Elliott. I am a wife, a Christian first, a wife, a mother. Um, and dual citizen of Barbados and America. Born here, but because of my parents, um, I became a citizen of Barbados. I love it. You, I, my first experience out of the country was to Barbados. Wow. So welcome. I'll have to, we, we're going to have to chat offline. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to have to hook me up and let me know what all the good restaurants are. And, you know, I would love to one day have a retreat in Barbados. So it's just amazing how things sync up. Um, so I have to pick your brain offline, but I don't want to cut you off. This is about you, Melissa. Please continue. Share. Let, let us know a little bit more about you. And I'm also a group practice owner of Agape Family Therapy and Coaching, where we provide mental health services to New York State and coaching nationally and internationally. I love it. So I am in Queens, New York. What area of New York are you in? We're in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Okay. Well, that's where we're having our Celebrations of Courage event this June. And I did do a little bit of research on you, which is the reason why I will be honoring you this June with the Impact Award. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm humbled. Humbled. It's so deserving. It is so deserving. We do so much in our day-to-day -day lives and we do not realize how much we impact those around us and we do it in silence we do it in the dark places we are on this journey which oftentimes feel very alone but I am creating this table and this space where and empowering others to say you can create your own table you can celebrate yourself you can celebrate others. You do not have to wait for the Oscars or the Academy. You have the same freedom and right to do that for your own people, for your own community. So with that being said, I am celebrating you and honoring you. I could not wait <laughs> for you to get on the podcast to say, Miss Melissa, you are a true candidate and the perfect 
shining light for the Impact Award. Um, so please share with the audience as your mission is to spread love that you have doing, have been doing. Please, please give us a little bit more details about how you are impacting those around you. Thank you so much. Agape means love. And as a spiritual person, as a Christian woman, you know, we, I look to the example of Jesus and how he was the ultimate person who spread love. He still loved Judas. He still loved people who hurt and harmed him. And how do we do that in our everyday lives? How do we recover and heal from trauma in our lives? And so with Agape and our team, we really look to ensure that folks are the experts in their lives. They know what works best for their lives. They know, and we are coming along in that journey with them. And so we don't take our stance as the expert, but we understand that the ultimate expert is Jesus. And we spread, we hold space to have real conversations that hold people accountable. Also talk about boundaries and setting boundaries to maintain positive self-self in the world, um, self-liberation, self-leadership, to be able to not only heal, but also recover and repair. Let's talk about the recovery space. Okay. When I was going through my healing journey in 2021, and let me just say, there's always work to do. Okay. However, I went through a boot camp healing journey in 2021. And I realized that when you have the hard conversations, when you do the retrospective and introspective of yourself and really face what is triggering you when you take a different perspective and look at maybe it's not them, maybe it's me. After doing all of that work, I realized that I needed to sit in a recovery period. It's no different than going into surgery and having like open heart surgery, or even if you just have a little cyst taken out or having a stitch, right? Repaired with a few stitches, you still have to let it be let it rest and let it heal. That is so important for anyone out there who is on a journey of self-love, on a journey of healing and working through, I've often heard it, heard it say shadow work, which is, you know, negative self-talk or the imposter syndrome, right? Um, abandonment itch issues, people pleasing. As you are working through that, show yourself some grace. Oh, immense, very important. Very important to show oneself grace because that's what God gave us, grace, you know? And, and oftentimes we're so hard on ourselves that we can't even see to be graceful to ourselves and to others. And I find that the more that we're hard on ourselves, the more harder we are on the world and the people that we love in that world, the more distrustful of ourselves because we've made mistakes, the more we are distrustful of the people around us in our world, the more, the more, you know, the way in which that critical piece that comes up inside of us, however it shows up that we are to ourselves, we do that to other people. And when we become, become more aware of that, and we have more grace and more love and more peace and more understanding and compassion and curiosity for what is going on inside of us, then we can do that to other people. 
we yeah. give that opportunity to open that up for others. Why is, why is it important to lean into something beyond ourselves? And you know where I'm going with that. <laughs> I know we are rocking. For, for, the, for the listeners, you know, depending on where you are listening, we are doing that good old Southern Baptist Church, Christian Church rock. <laughs> let me just before anyone I don't want to ruffle feathers okay I know that everyone is not a Christian or a Baptist this is a free space we honor and we are very open-minded to all belief systems but we are just speaking to our personal experience and hoping that you pull from it what resonates with you um but everybody can understand when something just hits your spirit and your soul why is it so important to have something beyond our own selves? Meaning I, I sometimes, yes, I call on God. I will call on the creator, meaning he created me, the universe, the birds, the bees, everything. Um, I call on sometimes the universe. It just feel, it just depends on the mood and the situation and the context of it all. But for me, it is important because I, I just believe that there is something bigger and greater and grander out there just by way of the synchronicity of life. Yes. And, and so to your point, I, you know, I can go deep into I was formed before all of this. But when I step outside and I look at the sun, the sky, the birds, the if I'm on a beach and I look at the ocean and how immense that is, I alone am a part of it, but I am not, I didn't create it and it is much bigger than I. And when I take it to the spiritual realm, if I alone only depend on me, I am lost, I'm alone, I'm isolated, I can't do things. But when I understand that there is a, someone who is bigger than me, something that's outside of me that has already made the way has already made the plan and laid it out and I'm just walking along and I'm asking for my steps to be ordered, then I know that it's not just me. Yes. You know, when I have my, when I do my affirmations or when I do go into prayer, I mean, everyone can, you know, it's called different things, right? It could be meditation is simply asking and just sitting and being still. Um, prayer is some people say you put your hands, you know, old school together and, and underneath your chin. Um, that's one way of praying to higher power. But I also look at it as it could be also affirmations. It's just really what is best for you. So again, I just want to give the disclaimer that um, this is a free reign, honey, and this is an open space. And, and please do not jump in the comments acting up. Okay, <laughs> because this is all about love here. We don't want to have to put you in time out. <laughs> but I must say that whatever works for you, okay? Traditionally, I grew up um, going to a Baptist church by myself. My mom never took me to church because her mother would take her to church um, Sunday through Friday 
all the time and she wore her out. But I always felt pulled and compelled to something bigger. And whenever I would just pray and just say, I surrender or I need help, which Ayana Van Zam said those were her best prayers. Mm-hmm. I remember being in the hospital room after having my son. Um, I had fallen. I shouldn't have been standing in the chair at seven months, high risk. I had fallen and I was standing in the chair and the bottom fell out and my stomach hit the bar. So I was rushed to the hospital. Mind you, I had been fired while I was pregnant. My son didn't even have a diaper to come home or a onesie to put on. And I just sat in that room and I said, God, help me. Fast forward a few days later, I have an infection. And at this time, I can now walk and I would go and sit in the room at the very end of the hospital hallway and just let the sun beam on me. And I said, God, help me. Do you know that public aid um, clerk called me and said, ma'am, you have been approved, approved for food stamps. You have been approved for cash and we are going to retro pay you. Like you just do not understand. God is real. Yes, he is. So whether it's Allah, the creator, the universe, there is something real out there that is loving on us, guiding us, protecting us. Um, and you know, I, I, Melissa, look, sis, I'm out here crying and I'm not a cute crier, <laughs> but you are giving me, <laughs> look, you are giving me that space. You, you've given me the energy where I can just let it flow. And I, I say all that to say, I want for anyone listening, um, if you're feeling heavy, just, just say that prayer, help, or I surrender, and just wait. Sit in that recovery period, honey. It's coming. That's right. That's right. That's powerful. It's powerful. Because so, what, so in connecting the dots for you, what led you to where you are today? Yeah, Um as I said earlier, I was raised in Barbados, born here, raised in Barbados. So that means I was separated from my mom and my, my dad um, and raised with my family, my mother's side of the family. And when I came back up here um, in elementary school, that transition period was rough for me. I needed somebody to talk to. I needed someone to understand what it meant to be a bicultural, bi-ethnic person trying to navigate two new worlds of one knowing what, you know, what it meant to be in, cultivated in a black community in Barbados and then having to integrate and not understand the rules, the laws, policies, it being completely different and not knowing what to say. I also dealt with an alcoholic parent and a mom who was the provider who tried to make everything look good. Um, and it was hard because navigating my emotions around that, that, that also was very new to me. Um, and I wanted to become the person that I needed in mm. elementary school, in junior high school, in high school, someone to mentor me, someone to understand my feelings, understood what I was going through, how to navigate having an alcoholic parent who also was suffering and put that suffering onto me, emotional abuse, psychological abuse, at times physical abuse. 
And, and my dream ultimately is to open a center where we can do that for the community. Um, and, and as I've gone through each career path that I've been to working to prevent children from entering into foster care, working to, in Flatbush, East Flatbush, Bed-Stuy, Brownsville, all of the areas where I actually went to school in, it was, it was amazing. And also becoming um, an adjunct professor in, in, in higher education at NYU, working in workforce development and mental health, I'm able now to cultivate all of those things and be able to create a wellness, wellness opportunities for people in Brooklyn where we're not just looking at the emotional and mental health, we're looking at your financial health. We're looking at your physical health, your environmental health. What does it mean to, to your vocational health, intellectual health? What does it mean to be a full whole person? And also build authentic, healthy, effectively communicating relationships with family. That is very powerful. I mean, going in reverse order, with your last statement, building effective, healthy communication, <laughs> um, effective communication relationships with your family yes. is, I mean, you are opening a huge, huge swing and a huge door because that's where we learn how to communicate. That's how we learn, um, I wanna say conflict language, because there's a book that most of us have heard the book for love languages. I also believe that there, and I'm sure that there is one around conflict languages. You know, some of the things that I ask now in relationships is, I don't want to know how you love. That's the easy part, but how do you fight? Are you avoidant? Are you, do you stonewall? All of that goes back to how we communicate with and cope. We're taught how to cope. We're taught how to communicate. And when you also stated you wanted to be someone that you needed, oh, I can relate to that, which is why we are here today. <laughs> because I needed a space. I needed a platform to just be my authentic self and shine from my heart and not be judged in that space. Um, so I am very curious to know more about your impact and your reach within the New York community how can someone, well, let me say this, when should someone reach out to you in your services? Yeah, so we offer both mental health services and coaching services. And so if you are someone who is experiencing symptoms of anxiety, so constantly thinking or worried about something or a life decision that you have to make or are panicking because it's difficult to make that decision. You find that your heart is palpitating or you're having lots of headaches, physical symptoms, I would say to reach out to us. If you are having symptoms of depression where you may have difficulty getting up in the morning or doing the things that you used to love to do or having a hard time doing work because it has become more mundane that you may be sleeping more or less, you may be eating more or less, so you're noticing gait, waning gait weight gain or decreasing of weight, um, we would ask that you reach out to us. Uh, we do we deal with perinatal and postnatal depression and anxiety disorders. So if you know you're having a hard time getting pregnant or you're have you had multiple losses, 
we are going to work with you around that anxiety and depression to become pregnant and afterwards, during and afterwards, actually, um, what it means to be pregnant and, and hold and be able to hold that child, as well as what it means to now have to, to cultivate that life and bring that life forward and um, support that as the child is here. Uh, we also, with coaching now, is more around who do you need to be? Do I need to be courageous? Do I need to be curious? Do I need to be um, calm? Do I need to be um, confident? Who do I need to be in order to get what I want? And so we have a 90-day coaching program that allows you to develop goals, uh, financial goals, professional goals, business goals, uh, I would say weight, uh, physical health goals, uh, emotional, mental health goals that will help you to get to where you want to be in the next 90 days. So you actually see tangible results in getting there. I love when you said who you need to be in that moment, because sometimes we can often feel we need to be everything all at once. And it really makes it more digestible and practical when we can just be one, one, one thing or have one title for ourselves. Okay. In this moment, I just simply need to, let's say, show up. And, and if, and then that door that you're opening feels that they just need to show up as they are. And then you will work through and help them navigate the different areas of where they're going to be. Um, what are some of the challenges that you have faced and had to have overcome to get to this point where you're, you know, providing such resources for a community? It was March, 2020. I had decided about a year ago, I was in a senior management position at a workforce development program that was not going along with the integrity that I had and the way I walked in the world. I was responsible for bringing in three, for recruiting and enrolling 300 women into this workforce development program. Previous to my ED, we were involving the women in decision-making, really looking at their lifestyles, whether they were a caregiver for a family member or their child and figuring out ways that would help them to get to the ultimate goal of economic security, getting that job and, and being able to stay in that job. When we had this new ED, she wanted to get rid of all of those things. She didn't, inch, and these were mostly black and brown women. Uh, she wanted to not involve them in the, direct, the, the, the decision-making process. She didn't feel like it was a part of the, it wasn't necessary. Uh, there was this reduction in service delivery that she wanted me to have. She didn't want them to know about, um, say, workforce rights, things that you would need to know if you were on a job and your rights were being impeded on. And these were things that were not in, in alignment with my integrity in the way that I want to walk in the world. Um, and so I had gave myself a timeline to get out of there. Um, she also was very um, demeaning and disrespectful. Um, there was one incident that I would never forget where she yelled in front of all of the staff and humiliated another woman of color because she didn't put a period at the end of her sentence and sent it out to an external pro provider. Now, I understand that punctuations are important, but the way in which you are to remedy those things is to be in private and to be able to talk through 
and help support your staff. It is not to humiliate them and demean them in front of everyone. And this woman later had came to me and was crying. It just took my took piece of my heart and my soul and I couldn't continue to be there. Um, so I made a decision to leave and then the pen, and I did put in my re resignation March 1st and then the pandemic came on March 15th and we all had to go home. And at that critical moment, I realized that I had to surrender. I had to know that without a doubt, I am not alone. And I had to give it to God in that moment. I, I surrendered that he was going to take care and provide all of my needs. And because I, I decided to leave a, a good paying job to be an entrepreneur and be on my own. And he's kept me. Yes. He's kept me. It may not look like it was before, but I'm still kept. Wonderful example. Challenge <laughs> conquered. What have you done between March 15th and now? You know, looking back, fill in, those, fill in the blank for us. I'm excited to hear. And so um, I've connected to my network and, and had opportunities to provide diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging trainings to board members. I've been able to have trainings with nonprofit leaders around what it means to have, be inclusive and to include people who you're serving into the decision-making process. I've been able to ramp up Agape family member, uh, family um, and family therapy and coaching. I'm going to repeat that again. I've been able to amp, ramp up Agape family therapy and coaching to serve at least 150 people a year in Brooklyn, as well as in California with our coaching services, in Florida with our coaching services. We've even went to Australia um, and Barbados with our coaching services. And um, I continue to grow in, in, in the nonprofit sector, letting, you know, really having trainings around what it means to be anti-racist, what it means to, you know, have leaders who look like us, who represent us, who understand us, who come from where we come from and have humility and, rep and provide dignity and respect ultimately for those who we serve. I've experienced workplace bullying with my um, white manager who very often yelled at me and was very disrespectful. And I was the first to enter the office, the last to leave. I found that I had to work longer and harder and take on a, a heavier workload. And I could not express myself um, I could not be assertive because me being assertive was deemed as being aggressive. So for you to take that, you know, turn a mess, take a mess and turn it into a message and then also develop programs that educate and teach, that is true impact there. And it's needed, you know, God had you in the right place at the right moment to definitely hit that activation button to say, okay, this is where you need to be <laughs> to move forward. Um, so I, again, I just want to say thank you 
for that. And thank you for being, you know, there for the young lady who was humiliated, because I know what it's like to be on that side where you are alone. And we do need representation because why does representation matter? It matters because there's empathy in those spaces when you have others who have been through what you've been through, who have walked the walk and talked the talk. And we oftentimes do not have anyone who stand up for us. So thank you. I appreciate that. Um, what is your mission? My mission is to spread love, you know? Um, and when we say love, love can seem so fluffy and wonderful, but it is at times hard, you know, to love the unlovable, to love yourself at times, to love, you know, and, and when I saw love, thinking about, you know, thinking about my dad and how he caused me so much pain and how I can sit here today and say, yes, I still love him. But I also have to understand he has struggles. He had, to, you know, things that he had to overcome and it was hard for him, you know, to be a man, an immigrant man in this world and have to provide and, and struggle to provide. And that's why he took to, to, um, to alcohol. And, and yes, it was difficult to do that. And I'm not gonna sit here and say that it's, it, it is easy, but I think that we always have to hold on to love. And that is my mission. It's the best pill to release pain. When you show love for yourself, you know, you just looking back at your younger self and showing comp compassion for her, loving on her going through that. That's what I did on my healing journey was going into meditation practices where I would go back and love on myself for feeling different than my other family members. I mean, I had a different last name. So my adult self took my power back and I want to change my last name. <laughs> Um, so I showed love for myself, but also having parents who cope in the best way they could cope, doing the best, best that they could. And again, to your point, not to excuse the behavior or the damage that was caused, recognizing that and understanding that we feel that in the pain that we would carry, but it takes courage. It takes strength and power to look at that and say, I am going to infuse the energy of love. That's healing. And you do not know how people around you can really be affected and impacted and grow based on your courage. You are a walking, you know, manual <laughs> or sometimes Bible. I had someone tell me that, you know, you, you know, you are a walking Bible. So be careful of how you show up in the world because I've had a lot of, bad experiences um with one friend in particular where she you know I, and I'm gonna say it because this is my say she was holier than thou and she would throw her throw her bible at everything but I was moving too slow for her and she cut me off from visiting and hanging out with her when she came here to New York and I replied to her and I showed her the photos of me. I have lost 75% of my hair. I was not sleeping. Um, I was really going through a lot emotionally and I was being bullied at work. And I responded to her. I said, you love, sis. I release you. 
<laughs> um, so I've been on both sides of the fence. Um, but how has love changed your life? To, to feel and experience love, unconditional love. Mm. Uh, knowing that I could mess up uh, and still have love, knowing that I can you know, be slow in my process and still be loved, knowing that I'm not disposable, I can still be loved. Um, you know, I think that knowing that and receiving that and experiencing that from the angels that God has sent to me has been truly transformative. Feeling disposable is a trigger word for me because that is where I did not feel loved. I felt disposable. And it's amazing how you have, I have had these experiences throughout my lifetime and each time I go through it, that self-love, that self-worth muscle gets stronger and stronger. Because if you don't learn the lesson, you will repeat the, the, the exam. You will repeat the course. And really and truly what I now understanding now understand is that I need to love myself unconditionally the same way I do others. So that's what this walk and new journey is about in 2023 for me is to really pour that all back into myself while shining my light and bringing others along with me. I spent so much of my time in my head and crying and all of that. No, it is time to see what it's like to live in joy. That's joy. <laughs> It's the new name, Joy. So I am just absolutely honored um, to have you. Are there any stories that you would like to share or story, I should say, is there a story that you would like to share with our audience around your walk in this name of, in the name of love? I'll talk about my husband. And I um, had an inkling and a draw to a lot of bad boys in my earlier 20s. And it was something about the emotional unavailability, but the physical presence and protection. Um, and, I, and I later realized that that protection was because I wanted to feel protected and from the experiences that I had had with you know, my dad and wanted to be protected. And my husband came along and was it was a lot of joy and a lot of um, emotionally present for me. And to me, that was very scary and very uncomfortable. And at the time I was in therapy and my therapist asked me to lean into it. And I was like, what do you mean? Um, and I found myself leaning in and leaning in and leaning until it became comfortable. So his hugs and his embrace became comfortable. Um, whereas in the past, you know, I didn't get that from the, the rough boy. I didn't get that from, you know, that bad boy. I got it from my husband. And I was not nice to him in the beginning because I had been used to that roughness. 
I had been used to, you know, playing, speaking in, in ways in which were, which were not lovable uh, because of the previous experiences. And he had a different vision for me and he treated me as such. He saw that I was loving. He saw that that, that was possible, that was inside of me. And he, he kind of, he does it sometimes still. He like chuckles, you know, he chucks it off to like, okay, Melissa, all right. He's patient, he's kind. And, and, and because of that, I have been transforming into a more lovable person because God sent him to love me. That is, I love it. <laughs> when you said he was, you were dealing with men that were emotionally unavailable, but physically present. Honey, I have the badge. Okay, <laughs> on that. Um, but I could not for a very long time, up until this year, actually put my finger on what that was, where I was yearning for something because I'm such an affectionate person. So I got that, that, that part down packed, but I'm also um, triggered when someone male or in relationship is emotionally unavailable. Because then you're kind of left with no place to put the love that you have in that cup. Um, so what I've learned in that lesson is God wanted me to pour it back into myself. <laughs> Joanna, you, the point of this lifetime love is for you to pour it back into you. Because I was looking around like, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I signed up for the package with all of that. Um, but God was like, no, you know, you are included in that as well. I never thought to include myself, That's right. never thought to include myself, but I love the journey of evolving and transforming by way of, you know, our very close personal relationships, especially on the hubby, uh, side of things. You are very blessed to have that. And there are black families that, our two-parent homes, there is love in our community. We do have strong family units. And I say that because oftentimes in the media, that is not a true depiction of who we are. You know, it's, I, and pay attention guys, when you're watching these shows and the commercials, oftentimes they'll place the black woman with, is she's in a biracial relationship. And love is love. Let me just say, I'm, a, I'm here for it all. My grandfather and my great-grandmother has fire red hair. She's, you know, look like a little Irish woman. So that's not where I'm going with that. But what I'm saying is just representation. I just want to call it out and highlight your Black love. <laughs> and shout out to hubby for loving on you and being patient and loving you in a way that helped you that gave you the runway for you to grow and evolve. Shout out to him. And thank you for taking that and paying it forward through your company, through your heart, through your initiative. So I am so excited to celebrate you June 3rd. If you can't make it, you know, that's all right. I'll have to package your award to you if you can't, you know, if you got stuff to do. I'm there. I didn't even look at the calendar, but I'm going to make sure I'm there. <laughs> 
it is going to be a fabulous time. Um, and speaking of time, I want to be mindful of your time. What else would you like to share in this space with us? Um, dream, believe in yourself, accept support, and act now. Don't wait, act now. Y'all hear that? I got it. <laughs> I'm taking that with me. Thank you so much, Melissa. Please tell our audience, how can we get in contact with you? Uh, we are on Instagram, agape underscore family therapy and coaching. On Facebook, agape family therapy and coaching. Our website is www.agapefamilytherapy.com. You can call us 929-234-1697 or email us agapefamilytherapy at gmail.com for an intake. Thank Repeat you. the last part because something popped up where you say, say, or email us, start there. Or email us at agapefamilytherapy and at gmail.com for an intake. Thank you, love. All right, let me stop it. Let me stop the recording and...